0: G'day community and welcome to the JR BBL podcast. My name is Damo and joining me as they did last week is Dill and Azza. How are you going, Dil?
1: Yeah, happy to be here,
0: Damo. I'm excited for another one. Me too. And Azza, how are you, mate?
2: Oh, fantastic, mate. Good to be here for another podcast.
0: The Adelaide Strikers are closing in on finalising their playing list for BBL 10, signing Wes Agar, Harry Conway and Liam O'Connor this morning. They've got two slots left three slots actually. We assume it will be two slots because Alex Carey is due to join them as predicted. Who's going to fill their last two
2: slots, Azza? Uh, look, I think it's a bit of a tough one looking at the list. I think there's some probably some needs yet to be filled. Um, maybe the likes of someone like a Jake Lehman um, can probably come into the side to help um, strengthen that top order a little bit, um, especially if you know players get um, injured, ill, whatever, you know, it can happen through the season. Um, but there's still quite a lot of other on contractor ones from last year that uh, could be potential signings for the striker. Someone maybe like a Simon Malenko, a Tom Rogers. Um, there's still quite a lot of talent there um, to be signed. And I think there's some opportunity to be had from any of the players still available. One
0: of the teams that has completed their lineup is the Brisbane Heat. It doesn't look like a very strong lineup, but who's the standouts there, Dill?
1: Um, well, I guess for me, a, ch- a cheaper guy is Max Bryant. So I suspect he'll open the bat in. Um, so plenty of opportunity for him. He had a down season in BBL 09, but BBL um, 08 was his breakout year, um, if you want to call it that. So he's, he's one that I'm uh, really closely looking at um, early days. Um, and then you've got, I guess... Um, obviously you've got your, your more seasoned players like um a tom cooper's only 78k so he's potentially one to look at um yeah Mornay Morkel. this is he, play, he played a um an exhibition match in in seasons gone by but he now he gets a a spot on the brisbane heat side as as a local player um so he's another one he's only 138 but you know south african legend so he's one that could potentially really um, do a role for the for the Heat.
0: The Hobart Hurricanes finalised their lineup this morning signing Sandeep Lamashani.
1: So they've got some good players
0: in their lineup. Who stands out to you guys as being someone who can probably change their dynamic a bit? Because they're still chasing that title.
2: Yeah, look, I think there's um, the lineup the way that the Hurricanes are. It can be quite a bit of a dynamic lineup. I mean, with the likes of Ben McDermott playing batting anywhere from three to six, um, you can move Mac right up the order as well. Peter Hanske, we know from the Stars last year, played in those middle order spots. So I think there's some variability, and somebody like a Ben McDermott could really benefit from some of the uh, new rule changes, which we'll speak a bit later on in our podcast about who can be one of those damaging players that when um, the time comes for an extra power play over, wicked, cheap wicket falls, he can be boosted up the order and then be quite damaging. Or if, you know, the Hurricanes are doing quite well, then bring him out later on and for the late order spree. So there's some definite uh, flexibility there. And for me, Ben Nick Dermott's been one that's been in my side for quite a long time. I think he's well-priced and should get the opportunities um, otherwise Players like Will Jacks, um, who should be here early on too. Uh, His Vitality Blast uh, stats were off the charts, and I think he's well-priced as well and should be one that should be looked at uh, very heavily for super coaches out there.
0: And as we'll keep talking to you, because the
2: Renegades are your boys, their
0: current squad is finalised. Who's going to step up? Who's
2: going to bring them to the next level? Yeah, look, it's um, it's a it's an interesting lineup. I think we've seen the likes of Bo Webster take some charge uh, bowling in the Sheffield Shield, and I think there'll be some more opportunity for him to be had in that. Uh, bowling lineup for the Renegades. I think he'll still probably bat at number four, but may get in a, a couple extra overs. Uh, Will Sutherland's another one that should be stepping up. He's had some opportunities last year to really shine, and I think he's just only going to continue to grow. The Renegades have also signed Jack Prestwich and Josh Layla to the side too, and we've known them from previous seasons. And Josh Layla himself is a fantastic player and can be uh, one that uh, be quite damaging at times, and he'll be one to watch early on. And for the overseas players, um, Hubbard Nabi, I keep talking about him, probably my biggest crush in the BBL. But outside of that, Noor Ahmad, 62,500, 15 years old, he comes from Afghanistan. We have no idea what he's going to produce in the BBL, which is going to be quite exciting, intimidating at the same time. But I think he's going to surprise a lot of people and a lot of batsmen. We don't, we're don't, we not going to know what to expect until he bowls the first ball. And he could catch some people out. And I know he's locked into my bench at the moment and probably also locked into many others as well.
0: Moving on to the stars, Zahir Khan joined Nicholas Puran and Johnny Bairstow as their overseas players. Ah, uh, they've got a couple slots left to fill, and maybe even another overseas slot as well. Dill, the stars are your boys. Who stands out, and who could they possibly sign?
1: I think the stand with the stars have never had any issues with firepower, and I think that has been whilst It's been their strength. It's also been their downfall. You know, the guys like Stoyness and Maxwell and, and Nick Madison, These guys are, you know, when they're on, they're on. But when they're off, then. You know, it all as we've seen goes goes down the drain pretty quickly. So I think the growth of the stars list will be from those international guys, um, season competitors, Johnny Bairstow, Nicholas Piran, Zahir Khan. These guys, um, when you combine them with your Soina, your Maxwell, your Zampers, they, it, it's a really strong um, cohort. The tail, the the tail end, the the bottom few players in the stars um, eleven. So to me, that's probably a, someone like a Seb Gotch potentially. Um, Clint Hinchliff is, is potentially another one. Those guys really have to continue to step up and perform um, because we saw, we've seen that you know if, if Maxwell and Stoinis fail, other guys need to stand up and in the past they haven't done that. So hopefully we can get that right this season. But but from a super coach perspective, I think you know Stoinis will open the batting and he's been he's been bowling again in the IPL, so he's um, probably as close to a lock as you can get from the stars. Um, and I've also got uh, Zampa for the double game week and Zahir Khan, so two spin options who will who they'll bowl or overs each. So there's um, you can you can pencil that in already, um, and then my other one is Maxwell at the moment. Who I know his form's been pretty ordinary, but you know if he if as I said before if he if he rocks up then he's one that you can't afford to not have.
0: And the Perth Scorchers, their lineup is locked and loaded. Their top order has created some conjecture as to the order. Um, we're pretty comfortable that Colin Munro will open while Liam Livingston is unavailable. But from there on, it is unknown. What do you see as, as their top order being, Azza?
2: Yeah, look, I think it is um, a bit of an interesting one, as you mentioned. I think the likes of Josh English should be opening the batting um, early on. But as the season progresses, there could be a chance to see him um, moving down the order a little bit, which, you know, obviously we like to see that flexibility, but could also in an impact his um, potential in Supercoach. We obviously talk... Um, at length about any batsman that you want to pick. You want to be making sure they're batting at that top order to maximize those points. But if he starts to move down the order to that sort of five or six level, he probably doesn't um, get the opportunities and then also um, get those points that we want to. But at the moment, the way that I've got the Scorchers sort of looking at lining up, Munro will open with Inglis. Uh, Joe Clark will be at number three. Mitch Marsh, we'll see what happens with him in the Aussie squad. If not, he'll be at number four. And then Bancroft and Turner uh, will bring round out that sort of middle order. But there's a lot of depth in uh, Perth squad. And it's uh, definitely one that we're going to be very excited to see once the likes of Jason Roy and uh, Liam Livingston come into the frame as well. The Sydney Sixers signed
0: Carlos Braithwaite. His form has been a bit down, but we know how explosive he can be because he came in late in BBL 7 and the Sixers ended up winning 4 from 4. But with his current form,
2: will that be an issue for the Sixers, do you think, Azza? Oh, potentially. I mean, obviously, when we look at his scores overseas recently, there is a lot of times and instances where he didn't take a wicket. Um, but there also have been those instances where he has been quite effective. Um, there was a one game uh, that he played where he took three for 14 with an economy rate of 4.4, 4, which would be pretty amazing in terms of supercoach. But I think the way that he's going to be playing in that uh, Sixers lineup is going to be quite dynamic again. He's going to be playing that sort of semi-all-rounder role. Uh, he could be one that also to watch in the terms of that uh, sub-rule that we might uh, talk about a bit later on in the podcast and could be potentially one if he doesn't sort of fire in his first over, it could be sub straight out. So it's going to be something we'll need to just sort of see when he gets here. Um, but yeah, based on his form, it's probably not one that's going to be uh, in my side early on for Supercoach.
0: And do when we talk about a player's form,
2: how quickly can that
0: turn around?
1: Oh, I can turn around very quickly, but I think it is, it is something you do have to consider. Um, if you're, Let's say you're comparing two players um, at a similar price, and one has far better form than another one. Then I think you do have to um, pick the guy that's got got the better form. But it's certainly dangerous. Glenn Maxwell's a, a, a perfect option, in my opinion. Who, geez, if you didn't pick him and he went ballistic in that first um, in, in the first round, um, you know you got potentially a lot of teams who have him captain. Then I think that would be a, a risk. It personally for me, um, I certainly don't want to. Um, don't want to risk it, but the flip side of that is if he does continue on this um, pretty ordinary form patch, um, then you potentially get a leg up on the competition. So it's one of those things. I think it, every situation is different. Um, if you're comparing two players, then I'd go the one in form, but you know, a guy of, of Braithwaite um, or of Maxwell's um, calibre, I think, yeah, it's not worth looking into that too much. And lastly, the Sydney Thunder have
0: completed their lineup as far as I can see. Um, they've got Sam Billings, Adam Milne, and Alex Hales as the international players. They should all be available for the entire tournament as well, which is a positive for them. I like Ben Cutting. We all, we like the return of Chris Green. Who else stands out from their lineup? Uh, Dill.
1: Um, for me, Daniel Sam's. He's he's expensive. Um, but last season he was real. It was the best bowler. Um, in the competition, really, you know. Didn't really fire a shot with a bat, but we know he can. Um, so he's one that is in my current side. Um, you know, I'm really big on picking guys that can do a job with both bat and ball, and he fits that criteria for me. So yeah, he's he's one that I'm looking at really strongly at the moment. And then you've got some 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 of the guys on the, on on the cheaper side. So you know, Chris Jermaine's an option. Um, Baxter Holt, a lot of people have in there um, as a as a loophole option, and then Matt Jilks as well, who's who will probably take the number one. Uh, Wicket-keeping spot before Sam Billings arrives.
0: Fantastic. And with these signings comes Supercoach dumps and Supercoach bumps. So some signings will bump some players into Supercoach relevancy, maybe even the signing themselves, and some will dump people from Supercoach relevancy. So I'm just going to run through a couple of players, and I want both of you to tell me if they dump or bump someone. So we'll start with Sandeep Lamashani. He's not available until after Christmas, but after Christmas, does he bump or dump someone into superutility guys?
1: Um, I'll say he probably dumps um, purely because you know if I look at the Hurricanes lineup, you've got Boland, Faulkner, Meredith, um, David Moody's another one, Nathan Ellis. Um, there's a lot of bowling options there already, and then you've got the guys like Darcy Short um, who can who can do the part time sort of stuff. So for me. Um, Jack, Will Jax is another one. He just is another um, another option for the Hurricanes. Phenomenal player, and, and he'll bowl his four. But I think it decreases the value, of, uh, the value, and and even I guess the the whether or not he gets a game of someone like a David Moody um, and potentially Nathan Ellis as well. So for me, he's a dump. Zahir
2: Khan. Yeah, look, I I feel like that he's probably going to. Dump someone of relevance like Nathan Coulton nile um, I know he's been a bit of a popular player of late, but I feel like the way that the Stars bowling lineups going to look like now, that those opportunities for Coulton nile to bowl full four overs is probably not going to happen anymore. Uh, Where you know you've got the likes as a here Khan that will bowl bowl four, um, but. It's a it's a tough one, but for me, I think it's Nathan Coulter-Niles going to be one that's affected um, early on.
0: Danny Briggs for the strikers, dump or bump?
1: I'll jump in here and say he's a bump for himself. Um, leading wicket taker in the Vitality Blast um, over its history, so you know he's only one hundred and thirty-eight k, I believe, and he's one that um, maybe not in your initial side, but he's definitely one that you could target um, for the double game week. Nicholas Puran. does he dump or bump? Um, I'll hop in again and say I think he um, he dumps a few guys he'll be in that um, in the top few so it might push someone like Glenn Maxwell down the order um, so yeah another one Nick Mandenson Ben dunk have got on the cheaper side they might not get the same opportunities either so in terms of a number of those stars players I think I think he dumps actually
2: so who's going to be taking the gloves early on for the competition for the stars Dell
1: yeah I think. Um, I think he will when he arrives, unless they prefer um, Seb Gotch. Um, at the moment, I think you'll have Stoyness, you'll have Cartwright, you'll have Maxwell. Um, you know Nick Madsen's in that Australia A side at the moment, but he'll he'll be there. I think if he's picked, um, I think Gotch probably still does get in. Um, so yeah, maybe Gotch, um, but it'll be down to Gotch or Piran. I think I don't think it'll be Dunk. We saw last season that he. Um, was an outfielder when he was in the eleven, So I think, yeah, gotcha per on. And the final
0: one, Josh Laylor. Who does he dump or bump in that Renegades lineup?
2: Yes, look, um, someone like Josh Laylor probably dumps maybe the likes um, of Bo Webster and Will Sutherland's um, amount of overs that they bowl. Also, he probably having moved from the Heat to the Renegades, will probably get more opportunities. We have seen, we saw last season that uh, there were a couple of instances where he didn't bowl out those four overs, so I think he's going to probably uh, bump himself up while dumping a few. Uh, Bo Webster, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, he has been bowling a lot uh, in the Shield, which is fantastic to see. So it's good to see that sort of level of flexibility, but I don't know if we should be counting on it too much. Um, so for me... Laylor bumps himself, but yeah, it probably dumps the likes of someone like Will Sutherland or Bo Webster.
0: As you referred to the rule changes, we'll quickly go over them and maybe even talk if talk about if they bump or dump someone. So we'll talk about the power surge. So that goes with the power play, but it's two overs of the batter's choice. So the batting shot side chooses when to take the control of the addition of the power surge. There is still a four-over power play at the start of the innings, but now the batting team can take the other two power surge overs at any time from the 11th over onwards. So does that make middle-order batsmen more relevant, and, and could clubs be taking advantage to this?
2: Does it bump or dump someone? I think this is probably one of the biggest um, rule changes that we've seen that's going to impact those middle-order batsmen. But also the sub-rule that we'll talk about soon could also do the same. But I think the players that we like in the likes of Ben Cutting, Jonathan Wells, Muhammad Nabi, those really strong middle-order batsmen and who come in and can change the game on a dime. I think if they've got the ability to have an extra two overs of the power surge, whether that be straight after the 11th over, if the team's four down, or if it's going to be towards the end of an innings when they're cruising along, it's going to be one that's going to really change the game. And I think those players of cutting uh, Naby and McDermott will really benefit from this quite a lot. And we could probably see them being underpriced as a result.
1: agree 100% with what Azza what was saying. I think it's also worth um, potentially looking at that. And the clubs, I think, might use that to... They might implement that when, they're, when they've got two set batsmen. Um, so whether or not that's, you know, two top order batsmen or two middle order batsmen, who knows. But, yeah, you potentially have... Um, I think clubs will want to use it for their better batsmen. So, you know, I'd use the... I use the stars as, as an example. You're going to want to use it on your Maxwell's and your Steiners rather than your your middle order bats like your your dunks or your gotchas. So I th- I still think um, your better players will um, benefit from it. But as as I said, the guys like like Cutting, um and Wells and Naby these sorts of I guess all rounders who can hit a pretty big ball. Um, they'll that's potentially a an even bigger boost to their um, scoring options.
0: So do you think it comes down to how deep a team's batting lineup is then?
1: Yeah, potentially. Um, I, I don't think, um, you know, you've, each team's got two or three clearly, you know, standout players, um, you know, for the renegades, it might be someone like an Aaron Finch or a, um, or a Sean Marsh. I think these guys, you want to give them as many opportunities as they, as they can to score and score big. Um, I'd be, I'd be really surprised, this is just my perspective, obviously no one knows because we haven't seen it implemented yet, but I'd be surprised if clubs um, use that power play when they had either A, inexperienced batsmen, or B, um, I guess your you sort of B grade batsmen, um, whilst they were at the crease, I think, where possible, I think clubs will try and really use it for those sort of A grade I great bats.
2: Yeah, and I'd echo those sentiments um, that Dill just had. I think we're probably also maybe likely to see um, the batsman that those power surge be either implemented after the 11th over, if you've still got those top order batsmen in the likes of Stoinis and Cartwright, if there happen to be none for 100-odd, um, it'd be great to see them probably continue on that power surge. Or if you're going to have a wicket fall, you know, when you're sort of two or three down, you can bring in those big power hitters, then bring in the power surge. Those instances there will be something that'll change the game on a dime. It's fair to say this next rule
0: has achieved mixed responses um, from the players themselves and the fans. It's the batch boost. Four points are available per match. You get three points per match win plus a bash boost point bonus. So it's a risk versus reward sort of thing. Uh, The bash boost is awarded halfway through the second innings. The batting side will receive one extra standing point if they're above the equivalent 10 over score. If they're lagging behind, the fielding side receive the boost. This doesn't really have any supercoach repercussions, but we can talk about it anyway.
2: Look, I I think there is some supercoach relevance to be had here because... Um, The bash boost is, you know, something that we'll see where sides were going to be trying to get that point after the turnovers. So we will be seeing a lot of teams having higher strike rates. And obviously, with the way Supercoach scoring is, the higher your strike rate, the more um, points you'll get from that strike rate bonus. So if teams um, are going hell for leather for that one-point bash boost um, and you know, they'll be what, like none for a 100 and something odd or, you know, four for 150 by that stage, then fantastic to them. And I think that's probably something we'll likely see as those strike rates improve. Similarly, from the perspective of the bowling, we're going to see probably a lot more tighter bowling where possible. And we could see those economy rates being really fluctuating, whether they're going to be really hardcore low, trying to really rein in that score, or on the flip side, that the batting team's going to be just going, And those economy rates are then going to blow out, which could be detrimental for the bowlers and super coach as well. So swings and roundabouts with the bash boost. It's not one that I certainly agree with, but uh, interesting to see how it will be implemented in the season.
0: And then the final rule is the X factor. So 12th or 13th men come into this one. Halfway through the first innings, both teams can drastically change strategy And choose to sub in their X-Factor player. The X-Factor can replace any player who is yet to have a major impact on the match. And they haven't batted multiple overs or bowled multiple overs. This could be detrimental to bench players. Or it could be beneficial to bench players. How do you see this one, Dil?
1: Oh, so to be honest, I think this one's gonna bring us hell because you know instead of dealing with um, eleven guys, you're potentially throwing out loopholes and whatnot. Um, you know, I can already see it happening where we we loophole a, a massive VC score, but then you know end up getting a score of something like ten doubled um, because we put on a guy who we didn't think was gonna play, um, but it's actually been subbed in. I think it also increases um, the, I guess upside of an all-rounder, um someone who can do a job with both bat and ball, whereas, you know, if you've got a guy who can only bowl um, or can only bat, I think they're the guys that will be subbed out more often than not. Um, you know, you look at someone um, in the Brisbane Heat lineup, for example, where, you know, if you've got a, a middle-order batsman who, um, like a Sam Hazlitt who can't, who doesn't have any impact with the ball, he's a guy who potentially, if the top order um, is flying, he could get subbed out for another bowler to try and, um, I guess, reduce the amount of runs that the opposition can score. So, yeah, I think this rule, I don't agree with it by any means, but it certainly helps um, the all-rounders, and po- it, it just makes it harder, I think, for us to... And it's a little bit more... Um, obviously, it's a risk, and, but no one really knows what's going to happen with it. Um, I I stick with my mantra, though, that um, the all-rounders are still the ones that you want to target. Um, I think they're less likely to get subbed out. as well, how do you say it?
2: Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one. Um, it's something that we're going to have to watch very closely with team sheets the way that they're going to be announced because there will be not only the selected 11, but also the 12th and 13th player being announced um, prior to the matches. How they use it, we're not going to know until the first few rounds. We're probably likely going to see teams um, have a bowler and a batsman as those 12th and 13th, and then just play it fluidly. I mean, if a team's going to be... Um, you know, six wickets down and, you know, it's going to be a low score, then you're going to want to change one of your batsmen for a bowler to um, to then make it up in the um, bowling in the second innings. Similarly, you know, if you're batting incredibly well, um, you're not going to need all those batsmen, get rid of a batsman, bring another bowler in. Um, there's going to be a lot of variability that we see. I probably won't see it affecting too many of the premium Supercoach players, but those sort of um, mid-range, those cheaper options could produce, could be a little bit tricky when we see them um, getting subbed in and out. And as we've seen from even the AFL uh, season prior when we had those that sub-roll into place, man, was that terrible for Supercoach.
1: I'll just throw another question in here, lads. Do you think teams will opt not to use it and just stick with the 11 that they, that they bring into the game?
0: I think that's definitely something that may happen. I think teams will try it out to begin the season and then they'll decide if it works for them as the season pr- progresses.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think um, as we've as as we've seen in even the AFL, even though it's a totally different game, that we may even see teams using a dedicated sub that they can definitely call upon, whether that's going to be someone like a Marcus Harris for the Melbourne Renegades, where he's probably unlikely to fit into the... Um, the eleven, but you know, if the batting's a bit shaky, he's an easy one that you can call in with his experience to sort of settle in that side. Um, but definitely, yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. Talking about cheaper
0: players, who can we select for our bench? Who is around that basement price? Who isn't? going to collect dust, so someone who's actually going to play and earn us some money that we can eventually cash in.
1: Uh, I'll kick us off and start with Max Bryant. Um, I think he'll open the bat in. We've seen him do it before. He's, uh, I guess last season maybe, he was found out a little bit for being a bit of a one-trick pony, but hopefully he's gone um, in the off-season and, and tweaked a few things, so he's um, got some new tricks up his sleeves, hopefully, um, but he's one that I think, he's only 67k, but I think he'll play every game. What about you, Ezra?
2: Yeah, I think uh, if we look then look at um, the bowling rookies, we've got the likes of um, Noah Ahmed, who we mentioned earlier, who's um, very cheaply priced and will play for the Renegades first up. Uh, also, the likes of Jack Wildermuth, who's moved to heat, is going to be one that's in a lot of teams. I think he's um, in quite a few at the moment. And he's probably going to be one that's going to get those opportunities that he didn't uh, in previous seasons. And being the all-rounder type, that opens up doors for for more scoring. And I think it's definitely going to be good to have him on the bench. Outside of that, um, I like the likes of um, Chris Tremaine, who may get some opportunities for the Thunder. And even the likes of Tim David at the Hurricanes. I think there's probably... Um, some opportunity there for him in the middle to late order for the Hurricanes before some of the other internationals start coming in.
1: Yeah, Ashton Turner is another one I've got my eye on. Um, But then I guess, you know, with the whole sub rule and whatnot now, it might be worth looking up into that sort of uh, 70 to 80K bracket. Um, Just looking at some names now, you've got Tom Cooper, you've got Nick Maddinson, um, Daniel Hughes. These guys, I don't think they'll get subbed out um, purely with the role that they play within their respective sides. But it might be worth... Um, if you are looking to strengthen your bench, just up and up into that next sort of price range rather than looking at some of these basement guys who, you know, really either... There's either not many of them or um, could be really deprived of opportunities. Boys,
0: we've got a league that we want people to join, but we want the best of the best joining it. We've got a post on our Twitter page. We won't be announcing the league or reaching out to people until Sunday night. So you've still got... Time to tell us your rank for last season before we go through and decide. Um, pretty much, we want the best of the best to go into a BBL Power League. We want to try and get the number one league in the country. So we want the best of the best. So head over to our Twitter. The post should be one of the ones towards the top. In fact, after this podcast, I might even go and pin it there so you can find it. And tell us your previous year's rank if you think you're good enough to join. Who knows? We might throw a wild card out and pick someone who we think can improve. As you created an article the other night where you revealed all of our teams, it's fair to say our teams do not look like that. Anymore. So, as of what changes have you made to your team since publishing that article
2: on Tuesday night? Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how many times your team changes. Um, I think I've probably ended up changing it about half a dozen times since I've released the article. Um, I think one of the things that I really noticed in my side was probably the lack of um, Melbourne Stars. I know I've seen quite a number of teams that have gone for those four or five in their side. And I'd only had um, Marcus Stoinis, Adam Zamper, Nathan Coulter, Niall, and Will Pekoski on the bench, who's probably still unlikely, but at 42,000, hard to pass up. But I really wanted to maybe see if I could get another one in there, and I was able to. Um, after a few tweaks, I've brought in Hilton Cartwright um, onto my batsman lineup, who... We'll probably open with Stoinis, and again, at his price at 115 should be well-priced to increase if he um, gets those opportunities early on and scores well at the top order. I think when you're looking at um, those top order batsmen, if they are going to be that cheap, they're, they're pretty hard not to pass up, and especially with a double game week that the Stars now have, he's one that's now moved into my side, as is Zaheer Khan. Um, who's made room for Nathan Coulton, not, um at the expense of Nathan Coulton, I should say. Uh, I think, yeah, it's, we've talked about him earlier. I feel like he's probably one that's going to be affected um, with the new signings. And also his body, uh, as we've seen in previous season, it's hard for him to play two games back to back. And with the, the schedule, the way that it is starts by two games in two days. I'm just not sure if he backs up for, for both. So for me, Colton Isle was out, Zahir Khan was in, um, Ben McDermott went out, and Hilton Cartwright came in, and also I've been playing around with my uh, wicket keepers as well. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of interesting uh, players there, and at the moment I'm sitting on Sam Harper, which I've been talked into by Dell,
1: <laughs> and I was talked into it by Damo, so we've got Damon to thank for that one. But um, you know, with my <laughs> team, I'd echo I'd echo um, as sentiments in regards to the wicketkeeper spot. I've had um, in the draft that went up on the website, I had Nicholas Perrine in there, uh, but at the moment I've got Josh Felipe, and I've also had Sam Harper at times, um, and then again I've had some of the Hurricanes lads in Hanscom and, and McDermott too, so I think that's a spot that if you can nail that, that really helps. Um, from my from the draft that went up on the website compared to now, I've lost a few of the stars guys, so I initially had um, six, that was, I felt, too, too heavy, um, so I've since moved Perran on and Pekovsky's just gone to another, um, another cheapie. So it's at the moment, it's only four. So Stoinis, Maxwell Zampa and Zahid Khan as well. Um, the other big change for me, I've, um, by downgrading Piran, I was able to get Muhammad Nabi. In. Um, he's a quality player. Hopefully he can continue his, um, his form from recent seasons. You know, last year he only played, the, he only played the handful of games, but when he was here, he was, um, he was destructive. So He's one that's come in since that first draft went up for me.
0: I've made three notable changes to my side. Um, the rest of my changes have just been playing around with my bench just to sort of find the cash to make these three main changes. Uh, the first one was Nathan Kilton was turned into Zaheer Khan. I did that pretty much minutes after Zaheer Khan was signed or announced as a signing and available um, to select. Uh. As has talked me into Hilton Cartwright. I thought someone talked me out of it, but he's talked me back into him. So he's back in my side at the expense of Glenn Maxwell. Um, and I've also brought in Chris Green as well. And
2: even in speaking now since we've started this, I've already made another change. And Ben McDermott's come into my wicket-keeping spot at the expense of Sam Harper. So then I can have some extra cash in the bank for round two to bring in those um, strikers players as well. So look at that, another change.
1: I'll throw another question out there, guys. How much should we have left over um, in the bank for those trades in round two when we we look at bringing in guys like um, Rashid Khan, potentially Peter Siddle, Alex Carey if he does um, end up signing, Danny Briggs, Matt Renshaw, these guys?
2: I think that's a very good question. And I think um, even just me just tinkering with my side as we were doing this podcast, it's one that I've noticed that by having the likes of Stoinis, Cartwright, Zamper and Khan, I, it's hard to bring in some of the equality players if you've only got you know less than 10,000 in your bank. So for me, if, if I had only had that 10,000, I could, change Zampa to Khan, but um, sorry, Rashid Khan, but then that's about it. I can't bring in the likes of uh, Alex Carey if he signs or Renshaw or Jono Wells because I just don't have that um, cash available. But now with a bit more on the bank, I can now do those moves for Cartwright, Zampa and Khan can then turn into the likes of um, Carey, Khan and um, Renshaw or Well, so I think you probably want to have a bit more than you think to be able to allow uh, those strikes to come in. And I think that's always one of the things that we keep uh, want to hone in, especially for the first game players, is that you do want to be looking ahead of the fixture. Um, You want to be planning ahead like we have with Hurricanes in our side round one because they have the double game week in round two. We don't have to trade them in. But then further down the track, we'll probably speak about some of those other double game rounds where Sydney Sixers or uh, Perth Scorchers have a double game week. We want to be bringing in those probably two to three rounds earlier. So that's always something to keep an eye out for, for sure.
0: Yeah, always plan ahead and make sure that you have the funds available to do the trades that you want. And if you don't, then you'll have to settle and settling isn't always good. Thank you, boys, for joining me for another episode. Is there anything you guys want to plug?
2: Uh, Follow Jack Reynolds and sign up for Supercoach if you already haven't.